Genesis chapter 22, we're going to be going all over the Bible. I will keep you stationed in one central location uh, of Genesis, but I will add to it a lot as we go. The Bible says, or Jesus said, let me just say, let me emphasize a lot of what I'm going to say, that it's not man or pastor or preacher, but I must say when Luke chapter 12 verse 34 says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God says talk is cheap. God says it's simple as this. I know where your heart is. And you say, you don't know my heart. God says, that's all right. I know your heart. Because he said, all I have to do is see where you put your treasure. Now, we, we know what our treasures are. Those, there, there are a lot of different things. But our money could be definitely one of the treasures that we have. It's a universal symbol of what we have that we use to get what we want. You can say a lot of things, but I want to dig down deep today and get to the heart of the issue. Because we often talk about robbing from God, but today I want to talk more about us robbing ourselves. We don't talk about the fullness of God, and I used this as the illustration last week of our vessel, and this will be our illustration again when we sit there and say, this is the prayer of all of us. I'm I'm talking to people that go to church and everything, and it, it is a matter of, Lord... I, I want your blessings. Lord, I not, not only want your blessings, but I read in Psalm 23 that my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. We, we want all these things. We say these things. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. The, this is the stuff. This is the verbiage we say and speak all the time. I am talking our language. I am preaching our language right now. You walked into a church. You carried your Bible. But I'm asking you, have we enjoyed the fulfillment of God? Literally saying, God, fill me up. Of having the power and the passion and the blessings and all of those things upon our lives. What will it take to have our lives filled With the blessings of God. Example here is like this story of God speaking to Abraham. In Genesis 22 verse 17. Now listen to this. That in blessings I will bless thee. And in multiplying I will multiply thy seed of the stars of the heaven and the sands upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. You know, you know what, he went to, to Abraham, don't say, I'm not Abraham, I'm not, no, no, God says, all right, this is, this is the way it is. God didn't just say, I'm going to bless you, he said over and over, I will multiply thy blessings, I will multiply thy seed. That is, that is the, the, the numbers that God uses. And just for the record, I am not up here preaching today a wealth and health and prosperity gospel, I am not saying, I, I am Simply telling you what God said. God's promise to Abraham was, I will bless you, I will multiply you, I will bless your family. And he said, I will protect you. That is the goodness of God. Then we step back and say, how do we experience what God has said? And I'm here to tell you that God's blessings are conditional. God's blessings are are conditional. How, how do we encounter these? How do you experience answer prayer, the moving of God, the outpouring of His Spirit? And we talked about last week about 
that the, the fact that why don't we cry out for that? Let me, I, I don't have all my stuff again, but just, you know, and I fill this whole thing up with everything that we fill our times and our, our talents and, and our treasures and our money and everything. Man, and that, that was the emphasis of the video. We, we fill it up to where we are. Our, our time from the morning is catching the news, getting in our car, spending our money at Starbucks, going out, sit, sitting on my cell phone, going out to eat that night, sitting in front of the TV, da 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 And God says, man, I, your life is consumed. And the problem with our nation is simply when we are satisfied, we don't ask. We, we, we have filled our lives to where God says, hey, hey, I'll pour out blessings upon you. And we're like, God, I live in America. I walk into air conditioned, into an air conditioned car, into an air conditioned building. I, I have leftovers after my meals. I've got a refrigerator full of food. I can turn on clean drinking water any day of the week. God, why would I cry out to you? I'm doing pretty stinking good by myself. That is the attitude of America. 2.7 million Americas, Americans a year stop going to church. We're declining because we have been increased with goods. We live in America. We are blessed. You walk into foreign fields and they say you're American. You are rich. That's the blessings. And we talked about how we become blinded by the blessings. But today I want to talk about the basis of our blessings. How do we realize that, 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 that God wants to Pour out his blessings upon us. Why? For the glory of God, not for the glory of man. It's on his terms. So let's start back a couple of chapters in Genesis chapter 17. And I I recently did a message on priorities. And I I used some of these same verses. So this will sound familiar. And I hope this just kind of reinforces what we went through before. And Abraham was 90 years old and nine, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me. Do my ways. Abraham, this is, I'm the only way. Abraham, I'm, I'm everything. And if you're going to have all of this, you better walk before me. You, you know what God was saying? He, he was just like this, saying to every Christian, he said, I am the Almighty God. You want all the blessings? He said, you do it my way. You walk before me. You put this first. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. And I will multiply thee. Man, if I were you, I'd go through that verse and circle all the promises of God. He said, I will, I will, I will. Let me, let me ask you guys, because I know it's going to get real quiet as I preach this. How many of you believe in the word of God, say amen or make a noise of somehow, okay? How many of you believe that God always keeps his promises? So we get into this, and I, and I know I, I'm trying to help us because we're all people that say this and know this, but do we practice this? He said, I will make you, I will. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, It's for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt be the father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but shall be called Abraham. For the father of many nations have I made thee. I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. There was a reason for all of this. Do do you realize that that God was saying to Abraham, and he was talking through them, and he goes, Dude, I made thee. Everything about you, I I took you out of the world. God was saying for us as Christians, he said, I looked down at you, and I I, I had big plans as you as a vessel. And just so you know, that's what we're described. God said, you're a vessel God took us and saved us and he sat us on a solid rock, pulled us out of the pits. 
And then God says, man, if you just get, I am almighty God. I've given you my word to follow. And in it, and if you follow what I say, I promise I'll never let you down. I'll never lie to you. I'll never say something that I don't come through with. I am God. I am almighty. I was there at the beginning. I'll be there at the end. I am Alpha. I am Omega. I am everything. He said, he said let, let me put it this way. He says, 1 Corinthians 16, 9. He says, what know you're not? That your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which you have of God? You are not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. You don't belong to you. You are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Every one of us sit there and say, I believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. He saved me. He redeemed me. He pulled me out. Everybody says, amen. And he said, you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Let me just say right now, that is physical. Too many Christians say, it's, on, it's what's on the inside that counts. And God says, yeah, it is. That's your spirit. But did you know your body is mine, the physical aspect of your life, what comes out? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know what your good works are? It's the physical acts coming out of the vessel of God. God said the total package belongs to me. You realize that what we've been speaking about is I surrender all. God says your, your body, your soul, your spirit, your future, your past, your money, your, your luxuries, your blessings, everything is mine. It's it. It's what he told Abraham. It's what he tells us. But the problem is that we're, that we're flesh. God said, you belong to me. And you say, yeah, but God, I'm flesh. And here's the problem with our flesh. For the, lust, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other so that we cannot do the things that we would. There is a constant battle with our flesh. It's constantly. I, I, I'll tell you guys, have you ever had... I'll give, I'll give you an illustration. Have you ever had this battle? Candy Crush, read your Bible. Oh, come on. Like, if I say anything, you know, you know uh, words with friends versus, you know, reading your Bible or time with God. Facebook, MySpace, if you're, never mind. You know, <laughs> you know it's like all, all these different things. And God says, I, I, I'm asking you this, there's going to be a, a fight with you. Even for spiritual things where we sit there and say, God, I want to I reach the world for the, for the glory of God. And I, I want to make a difference. And I, I, I want to I change people of Columbus, Ohio. And then we turn around and say, hey, we've got this outreach on the 26th on Friday night where we're going to get all this. And honey, that sounds like a long day. I'm not signing up for that. <laughs> it's like, what happened? You start going in and you're being tired. And I don't want to be on my feet. And all those nasty little kids with snotty noses that are going to reach up and want to touch me. And I, don't know, I mean all these things. And it's like, wait a minute. And our attitude changes. And God says, wait a minute. I thought you all belonged to me. You realize that with Abraham, God said to Abraham, I'm going to do great things with you. And Abraham was like, what could you do with me? He says, I'll, I'll tell you later. And I'm going to tell you guys later because it's so cool. But we've got to learn to fight our flesh. That's what, our, that's, that, 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 that's what this is all about right now. God has placed disciplines in our life and says, this is going to be a daily practice that I want you to do. This is going to be part of your life. 
You're, you're made of flesh, and your flesh is always going to fight me, and so therefore I'm going to teach you. It's just like a child. We, we put practices in their life to teach them respect. I go up to my kids. We're walking in a restaurant. Get the door for your mom. Guys, carry in the groceries for your mom. What, what am I? I'm teaching them to be husbands one day. You guys see what I'm doing? I am putting practices in their life right now where they're like, God, what's the point? God said, because I need you to teach. I, I need you to learn this lesson. You need to follow these things. And my son's like, how is opening a door, Dad, going to make me a better husband? I said, one day you'll get it. One day you'll get it. You guys realize that we've got to trust Dad. When Dad says, I'm just, I'm just, I want you to obey me and I want you to follow these practices because in doing these practices in your life, it will change you and help you to be what I want you to be. Here's the practice of sacrifice. Here's the purposes in the practice of sacrifice. Number one, sacrifice is an action of obedience. It is an action. There is always a reason for everything that God tells us to do. It's not like God's up there with Gabriel going, look at those guys down there. They're having communion. They're out there. They passed the juice. God, why are you having them do that? I just thought it'd be funny, you know. They're passing little cups of juice. They're having snack time. No, God says, no, there's a reason for everything that God says. Don't sit there and try to trump God and say, you know more of the reason what he does. All through scripture, we learn over and over again. And I'm going to show you. We're going to start at the beginning. Go with me, Genesis chapter 4. Let's back up. Back up. We were in chapter 22, chapter 17. Go back with me to chapter 4 from the beginning. I'm going, to, I'm going to teach you a practice from the very... This is person, human being number three, and human being number four. Cain and Abel. God made a practice. He put it in their life from the very beginning. We don't read about their families. We don't read about what they did. We, we get right into the nuts and bolts of this. And the process of time came. That Cain brought forth the fruit of the ground. And What? Uh, that's like two people. What did he bring? He brought a what? Offering unto God. He said, Lord, I bring an offering unto the Lord. This is yours. God, what you've given me, I bring unto you. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock thereof, the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and unto his what? I, I tell you, there's some things that we do that have always been around from the very, very very, very beginning, God said, I established this as a practice. God told them to do it. This is a command or a practice that God said, don't debate, don't argue, do it my way. I've given it to you to obey. The question was this, why did God have them do that? Now Cain could have said, because it's the law. The law wasn't created yet. Everybody goes back to, oh, we're not under the law. This was before the law. This was just man and God, man and God, man and God. You say, oh, it was just a tradition. They had no traditions. They were person three and four. It, it was way before all of those things. You say, well, because God really liked fruits, or God really liked dead lamb, or God, uh, uh, all these different things. You just, have you ever just stopped and said, why? And when you're reading the Bible, step back and say, huh, I wonder why. In my marriage counseling, I, I love to sit there with everybody and said, God took a rib from Adam and made Eve. And I look at both of them sitting in front of me and say, why? Well, I don't know. Well, God doesn't just do things for no reason. That was a sign of permanence from the very beginning. You can't undo what God did. The practice of this 
was to give or offer to God first. Of their best, put God first. Adam and Eve didn't get it. They disobeyed God. Persons number one and two. Cain and Abel come in and says, dude, I'm going I'm to just tell you right now. I've got to put practices in your life to teach you to put me first. You obey me like your parents did not obey me. And you bring me what I tell you to bring me. Here's the reason why. We know the story. God accepted Abel's offering, but God rejected Cain. Here's the reason. Verse 3. And in the process of time it came to pass that God brought, that, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, of the offering of the Lord. And Abel also brought of his firstlings, of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Cain, in this passage, gave of his blessings. He, he had all these blessings right here. And he's like, oh, okay, uh, you can have that one. And God said, okay, here's a different story. Abel over here only had one. And he said, God, it's all that I have. It's the first. When there's nothing else for you. And you sit there and say, I have nothing else. It was the firstlings of his flock. It was before any were born. And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to eat. I don't know if I have suffered in my family. God, I don't know. And God said, well, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. But when you give of your abundance, you just give of, and, and a lot of times it's when the bucket is empty and you say, oh God, I hate to tell you, my cell phone bill and my new car and that vacation and that awesome iPhone, say all that stuff, they, they got first. And God says, you know what, here's the thing. That dude that gave first, not knowing if he was ever going to have anything, I respected that. We've got to put some practices to understand in our life that my God will supply all his needs. And as long as your bucket is full, you don't realize to trust God. Trusting God is to trust him when there's nothing there left. When you say, God, I'm empty. When, when, over and over and over again in Bible, God teaches that you give of your best, you give of your all. When Elijah went up to the widow woman and said, give me, make me bread. And she said, all I have is enough for one more person, one more meal. And he said, give it to me. She gave it unto Elijah. And he said, from now on, your basket will never be empty. Amen. You know what the principle over and over again that God was saying? Put me first. And I don't care if it makes sense or not. I'll always take care of you. It's, it's, it's the principle of God. It's all through the Bible. It's all through the Bible. God was instilling it in their life because without us acknowledging that God is first and God is number one, we will fail in every way of our life the way that people did over and over again. Let's go back to Genesis 22. Verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. Do you know what that's, that, that thing, Behold, here am I? That's this picture right here. What, Lord? I'm, I'm, I'm yours. You know what, we can do that in a song, but God says, ah, that looks good. God, all to you, I surrender, I surrender all. And we, we sing the words of that song, and I did that deliberately going in that because we turn around and God says, all right, that sounds good. Uh, huh, I see that you've got uh, something down in your life. That's, that's Isaac. Yeah, I love him. God said, I know that. Is that your first son? Do you have any others? Promised child, like I said. No, God, he's... He's the only one. God said, I want your first. 
Not, not, I'm not going to bless you with many nations. I'm not going to fill your cup. I'm not going to overflow you. And then you, then you hook me up later. God says, would you give me your first? But God, what, what if I can't have any more kids? God said, you'll just have to trust me. You guys know the story. Once again, we have the same verbiage. And he said in verse 2, And take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. God emphasizes that. And get thee into the land of Moriah. And, same verbiage again, offer him. I want an offering from you unto me. Therefore a burnt offering upon the mountains, which I shall tell thee of. Why? Because God wanted his son dead. No, it was a practice of obedience. Will you obey me? Will you obey me? God must be first in every part of your life in order for God to bless you. Now you guys know he obeyed. Look at verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of the heaven a second time and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for, now circle this word, because, because, that ought to ring in our ears constantly and say, God, why am I struggling? God, why are you in my fi- why, where are you in my finances? God, why won't you help me? God, why are you blessing them and blessing them and blessing them? And God comes back with one word, because. Because. Because you either learn to do right or you do what's right in your own eyes. There is a reason. Because you have not obeyed me or because you have. Because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thine only son. Because you gave me this. Because you put me first. Because I could trust you with something precious in your life. Because of that. That in blessings, I will bless thee. And multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as in the stars of the heaven. Do you know what I know about us as Christians? We want to claim verse 17, but Lord, please allow me to skip the first 15 verses. I'm just telling you the truth. We're sitting there, just like the video, skip God, skip God, skip God, skip God. But at the end of it, God, I love you, and you're wonderful. And God, you shall, you made me a promise that you'd supply all my needs. And God's going, what? What, 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 did you skip everything else I said in the Bible? You're just going to the name it and claim it part? And you skipped obedience? God will not bless disobedience. You won't do it with your kids as parents, and God won't do it with us as his children. And blessings I will bless thee and multiply thee as the stars of the heaven, as the sands of the seas upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of the enemies, and thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. You know why? You know why? You know why? Because thou hast obeyed my voice. Jump forward. Jump to the area of Joshua at Jericho. Jericho was the first city in the promised land. God said it was a land that filled with milk and honey. It was the promised land. God told them of every place that they went that they could take the spoils and everything, but of the first city that they walked and God said, do not take of it. The first is mine. And in Jericho... When they cross over in Joshua 6, 19, but of all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. God said, yes, I'm going to bless you with all this and everything, but I'll tell you, when you cross over into the land, 
You're going to come to the first city. That city, the blessings of that city belongs to me. One person disobeyed. The story of Achan. He did, they failed. Let me tell you this. When we don't obey God, we will not be blessed. I said, man, he sounds like a broken record. I keep changing passages. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to prove that we sit there and say, how many of you believe that the word of God is true? Amen. And all this stuff. Just stop. We either believe it or we do not. Faith without works is... God said, I'm tired of a dead church. I'm sick of it. How many more stories do I have to get? How many more ways do I have to say it? It works one way. I am first. Obey me and put me first in all things. And quit asking me to fill you up when you will not obey me with the first of your life. It hurts. But it's truth. We have too many Christians living I'm trying to say, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. I'm just trying to get by. I'm struggling on this. And God sits back and go, keep it up. That's what it's like when I'm not first. Say it's not easy. Ask Abraham. He didn't offer his car. It wasn't his vacation home. It was his child. God was trying to prove a point. I know it's not easy, but I need you to obey me, even when it doesn't make sense. Let, let me show you. This is talking about the practice of surrender, the action of obedience. It was a visual, every one of these things. It's about the heart, it's about the heart. Did you see any of these stories that did not have a physical application? Every one of them. Because Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord. You know what that means? Praise God, lift him up, put him first. Honor the Lord with thy substance. You know what God was saying? Honor the Lord with what you have. Well, I give to God in different ways. God says, that's great. But I said, I said, I said, God said to honor me with your substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase. Do you realize that we're talking about God here? So what follows obedience? So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy precious shall burst out with new wine. I'm just simply asking you this. Have you honored God by placing him first? Do we obey God by putting him first? Here's the second thing. But man, he's not done after all that. That was point one. (laughs) We have the practice of sacrifice because it is an action of obedience. God said that's how you fulfill that action in your life. Number two, it is a demonstration of trust. Going back to Genesis 22 verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Lord, behold, here am I. You know what that word was? It, tempt was, means to test. Remember, blessings are conditional. This is, this, I'm going to teach you guys a lesson of how this works. God gives you one. And God said, what are you going to do with that? This is how God works. What are you going to do with that? It's a test. I've got more to give. What are you going to do with that? You guys just remember that every time we're getting into these things. This is my, my illustration. This is God. God said, I came to him and I said, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to throw a test your way. What are you going to do with that? See, God's promises were going to follow that. But God was wanting to know, do you trust me? You see, everything that I do, to, to sit there and tell your kids, do you trust daddy? And they're on the edge of the bed. And I say, jump to daddy. Do you trust me? Daddy, I trust you. Then jump. And they don't jump. The only reason why they would not jump 
because they don't trust you. You know what God said with Peter? Get out of the water. God, I trust you. Then get out of the water or get out of the boat. How often do we tell God something, but there's no action to prove it, to follow it? The Bible says in Matthew 25, 23, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. You want this? What does it say? I will make thee ruler over many things. You say, man, God just plays favorites with everybody else. God says, no, I just can't trust you with the little things. God, God says, I, 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 can't even, I can't even throw out a missionary that's going to go reach the people on the other side of the world. And, and God says, we could change the world if you just tithe 10% of what you tithe to, 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 to Big Boy and McDonald's. And what, what could we do if you just realize that I am first? That my, my mission is what you're here to do over and over again with Moses, his mother, letting him down the Nile River. He had to trust God. She had to trust God. Peter stepping out of the water. David running to God, Goliath. Every time that he said, God, I trust you, he said, then do it. Before it makes sense, I want the action to see that you're going to do it. Let me, you know how crazy it is? You, you get to Abraham and you're saying, dude, what did you do? You only had one son. You went to, that, to God that day and you, you said, God, he is yours. He said, not even knowing, that was your promised child. How many of you guys remember the story of Paul Harvey, or, or, or Paul Harvey? How many of you know, am I way above your head, Paul Harvey? Now for the rest of the story, you guys know what I'm talking about? I'm going to play Paul Harvey for a little bit. Let me fast forward you to the rest of the story in this. Hebrews eleven seventeen. by faith Abraham, when he was tested, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, that he had received the promises by his holy begotten son. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. According, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Do you realize how awesome this is? You talk about Abraham was blessed and God blessed him in a big way. And you say, why is that? Because God says, you know what? Abraham said, I'm going to give God. And you say, why would you do that? Because I believe that God is God enough to keep his promises and God would give them back. How big is your God? See, the story was proving, do you trust God even when it doesn't make sense? Do you trust God when it doesn't add up? Do you trust God when it seems impossible? And he said, I trust God that he could raise my son from the dead. And you said, we, we sing all the time, my God is able. God said, yes, I am. But if I put you to the test, would you pass it? Say once again in James 2, 17, even faith, which is trusting God, if it have not works, is dead. Is dead. God's love for us was an action. You talk about an offering and following God. God. For God so loved the world that he did what? Gave. He gave his what? Where you want to follow? The, the, the action of God goes first and that example that God did. For God so loved the world that he gave his what? Only. Circle it. It follows everything that we've studied so far. God did what he asked us to do. Give your only begotten son. But it was for a purpose. And that was to prove his provision. Going back to Abraham. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. His son. He was saying, God, I, I believe in you every bit of me. God, this is, this is the last part. Although my blessings, and we have all these blessings of God, and say, I have all these blessings. Surrendered to God. And God said, what about that one? Isaac. And on that mount, you know what he was doing? 
He's saying, man, this looks like you're poor. Let me tell you something right now. We're going to get into something. When the whole I surrender all, that comes from Scripture. At this point right here was a catalyst. When he turned around and said, God, this is me. God said, that's right, buddy. I cannot totally fill something unless it is totally. Do we see that the whole I surrender all? God says, I can't. You, you keep praying for me to fill you. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God says, you, you realize that what I did with Isaac on that altar on that day was me proving to you that I, I need this? Right now, church-going Christians, how many of our life looks like this? This is a far cry of what we talked about last Sunday, isn't it? Talking about our life being filled with the increase with goods and have need of nothing. I'm aware of the time, but let's keep going. Verse 11 of 22, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of the heavens and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither thou anything to him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing God is waiting to see our trust, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket of thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him upon the burnt offering instead of his son. So, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. How cool is this? God turned around, he gave his son, he looks back and he says, but Lord... You offered a sacrifice. He turned around and he called God this word. He said, Jehovah Jireh was the name that God was mentioned in that thing. You know what the word Jehovah is? It's God. You know what Jireh is? Will provide. On that mountain that day, when he gave his best, that's when Abraham discovered that my God will always provide. You're sitting there saying, if you had any idea, and I'm struggling, I don't have this, and I have that. God said, man, if you just kids, I am Jehovah Jireh in your life. I will supply. I will be there. I will pay it off. I will take care of it. But I've got to be first. He did not call God Jehovah Jireh. He did not call or realize God that was that until he gave first. But a lot of us want to be at this point right here and say, I wish I could see God as my provider. God says, no, you haven't passed the test yet. Let me tell you, church, you can trust God. Jehovah Jireh. And last point, I snuck four in. I don't normally do that. The practice of sacrifice was the practice of obedience. It was the practice that we trust God. It was to prove his provision. And last, sacrifice was to provide for his plan. Abraham and Isaac did not get the big picture. Guys, you realize in all this aside... We talk about blessings and cars and paying your bills and rent and all this other stuff. We've lost it. We don't get it. You see, when God saved us, he said, I'm going to use you. You know what the purpose is that we are here created for? To glorify God. You know what Jesus came to do when he gave his only begotten son? You know what he did? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You realize that all of the, everything that we've talked about so far is not about you. It's not about your car. It's not about your vacation. It's not about 401k. It's not about your Verizon bill. It's not about Starbucks. It's not about coffee. It's all about God. Everything that we're talking about is about God. Take you to the story of Jesus. And Abraham sat there and he says, I, I just obeyed God. I, I, I gave my son and God gave me a whole lot more. He gave me this whole line, this lineage that he said... 
Can I take you to Matthew 1 1? You know what the you know what the new story of the New Testament is all about? The story of God and the book of generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Do you know where Jesus came from? The obedience of Abraham. Do you realize how much we hurt the world when we hold back from God? Do we realize that God said the entire time Isaac was going to bring in the lineage of all those different people and from that line Jesus was going to be born? All of that was because God said I had a bigger picture. It wasn't just about that. I had a picture for the world but I needed you to surrender. And we sit there and look at the world and say wow the world's going to hell and God said yeah I have a big plan but I need you to surrender. I need your hands raised high. I need you to take your hands and your arms off everything. I, I, I need your trust. I need your faith. I, I, I need that empty vessel. God turned the world upside down. Brought in this promise. And I have people that turn around and they say things. Well, I'd give, but I don't like the colors in that room. I, I don't like how they do that. And, all that. and God said, it's not about you. It's not about you and you hoard from God and you hold back from God and then you sit there and ask God to bless you and in the meantime, the world is going to hell without the church doing their job. It's not about us. When you see the buses roll in with the kids and you see the tracks go out and we see people in the, in the chairs or the pews or whatever it is, every bit of what we have is for God's glory, not for us. Thank God he didn't have that attitude that we have. Jesus stepped in the world and said, not my will, but thine be done. He laid down his life and brought us salvation. We sit there and say, Lord, you can have some of me if it works out and if I have the time. And, it, and God says, that's not what I'm looking for. I want to finish with this. The world looks around at us and says, where's your God? We have a mess in America because of the situation that we've created I'm not getting into all this. There was an Old Testament standard, and I'm going to finish with this. There was an Old Testament standard that was established of the tithe or the tenth of the Old Testament. You step into the New Testament, you don't find the tithe or the tenth. It's word different. It's an age of grace. And I want to explain that right now. All people say, well, it's not in the Bible. I'm going to show you what is in the Bible. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to give you what's in the Bible. But they did a survey and say, what if, what if the church, what if those that go to church was to put God first? And we turn around and say, where is your God? And I look around the world, and this is, this is staggering. How cool is this? They did a thing and said, what if just the people that attended church every single week in America was to give just 10%? The add-up of that would be $165 billion. They said, what could you do with $165 billion? $25 billion would relieve global hunger, hunger starvation, and deaths prevented by diseases in five years. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy around the world in five years. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues around the world. $1 billion could be used to fully fund overseas mission works around the world, leaving over $100 billion in the churches in America. Do you know what he was saying? What if they gave 10% God said, oh, I just changed the world? You know what the cool thing is? With all those things going in, we push the government out. You know how better our world would be with that? Amen. You say, wait, wait a minute. Go all the way back to the beginning. At the beginning, you had God, obedient trust. And God said, I'll change the world. Along the way, we stopped trusting God. And the government took in, and the world took in, and the devil took over. And then we sit back and say, where are you? God said, where were you? 
Where were you? I established the church. God said, you turn around and you say, well, I don't understand. Give me, explain this. What am I supposed to do? All right, let's put it like this. Let's just say we do it God's way. Let's do everything in reverse. Let's reverse. Richard, I'm serious. I'm saying let's reverse this. Go all the way back. What if we were to turn around and you say, what if we did this God's way? What if we started with God? And I'm saying, not put our frustration, our heart, and saying this doesn't make sense or this doesn't add up of what I want. And you turn around and you say, you strip it back. And you applied what we said. The, the simple principles of God saying, it doesn't work that way. I've got a plan, and the plan is, I am first. Trust me, obey me, take you out of it, let God be first. And all the pleasures that we have in this life, we turn around and say, God, I know I need these and I know I want these. And God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. God wasn't saying live without them. God was just saying put your priorities right. And then you you get back and you turn around and you say, God, all that I have, I need you. Lord, I, I need you to be first. Every example that God has given me in the scripture was to prove that God was first, that God was saying, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. At the top of every one of our lists and everything that we do, it should be God. Because you get that? We didn't make that up. We didn't make that up. That was God's example all through scripture. Turn around and say, wait, wait, okay. Let me close out with this. I said that three times. Edit that out. (laughs) Here's the question. How much do I have to give God? Give, and it shall be given unto you. He said, all right, that's it. Tell me what it is. In the Old Testament, there was the law and there was the tenth. The New Testament, they stepped into the age of grace. It wasn't the law, it was love. We give from our hearts. And God said, I'm going to blow the lid off the Old Testament. The Old Testament, they gave a lamb. And God said, in the New Testament, I gave my life. Guys, catch on, okay? The Old Testament, give a lamb. The New Testament, he said, I'll give my life. He went from a tenth to everything. Do do you realize it wasn't just a matter of some? And then he said, you cannot follow me unless you first deny yourself and take up your cross. All of that was a a presence of God of proving that God was first in every aspect of what he was saying. God was saying, apply trust and obedience to what I'm saying. Here's the Old Testament promises. He said, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out my blessings upon you. There shall not be room enough to receive it. He said that in blessings I will bless thee in Genesis 22. And will multiplying, I will multiply thy seed. In Luke, New Testament, he said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall it be given unto your bosom. Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Do, do, you know, do you know what God was saying right there? He said, With the same measure that you give unto me, I'll give unto you. That's, that's Luke 6.38. Same measure. Same measure. Same measure, same measure. So how much do you want to give? God says, how do you want to be hooked up? Well, I believe I can hold back from God. God says, I can do that too. No problem. But you apply those verses over and over again, what God says, 
God turned around and he said, you give in the windows of heaven. You give, press down, shaken together, running over. Running over. You know what I learned from scripture? God says, you realize that I'm not looking for how little can I do. God says, I'm looking for total surrender. I am looking for God. I want you to fill my cup. And over and over and over again in scripture, you know what God says? Your cup will run over. Now unto him that is doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. 